Good morning, and welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It is a joy to see all of you gathered here for worship this day, those in person and those online. If you could take a moment and register your attendance on the pew pad at the end of your pew, or if you're worshiping with us online, if you would comment so we will know everyone who is gathered with us in worship today. If you missed Wednesday night, you missed a great evening. We had wonderful food and fellowship and ice cream, and we dedicated a Sunday school room in honor of uh, Beth Kimball and her service to the children of First United Methodist Church. She was able to be there and uh, be a part of that, and we give thanks for the legacy that she leaves. If you would like to participate in Wednesday nights, it's not too late. Contact the church office, make a reservation for the meal at 515, Bible studies at six o'clock. Harriet Murray is leading a women's study, and then I will be leading a, a co-ed study as well. That'll be from six to seven, so sign up. We would love to have you be part of those studies. Uh, I would also like to say a word of gratitude to Josh. Josh has been leading our choir, filling in for JT while he's on vacation. Thank you. This morning we have a very special guest with us, Principal Ash from Stripling Elementary School. As you uh, may know, First United Methodist Church sponsors are partners with Stripling Elementary to encourage their students and teachers. And now I'm going to call on Mr. Ash to talk a little bit more about that partnership. Thank you. Some of the things that you all are faithful with every single year is honor roll celebrations for our students. Also, um, you all fed our teachers for back to school breakfast, and that was nice because you always have decorations and encouraging messages with it. Also, some of the things you all do is sponsor our teachers for Teacher of the Month. And last year, we had the opportunity to promote almost 100 kindergartners here in your sanctuary. And it was lovely, and we're on the calendar again to do that in May. We won't have this many kindergartners this year, but we really appreciate you all being so faithful. You know, when I think of First United Methodist Church, I promise everywhere I go, I talk about you all. And when I think of you all, I think of loving, energetic, faithful people. And so thank you so much for everything that y'all do for us over the year, and looking forward to seeing y'all out at the schoolhouse some this year. So. Thank you, God bless you, and I hope you receive some of this message today to help keep you encouraged in your walk with Christ, okay? So thank y'all. 
and be united in your Holy Spirit. I pray that by the power of your Spirit that we would come together as the body of Christ and worship you. Be with us in this coming hour. May you be made real to us so that we may be the body of Christ to this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
please stand as you are as you are able and join us in singing opening hymn 545 the church's one foundation Let us remain standing as we affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. As we prepare to worship God with our offerings today, remember that every dollar you give online or that you place in the plate goes to missions and goes to ministry, such as our partnership with Stripland Elementary School. We're thankful not only for the work that goes inside this church, but also outside to make our community a better place so that God's kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. God, we give thanks for this opportunity to return to you. We pray that you take these gifts, that you multiply them and guide us in their use so that you might be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
be seated. And now let us unite our prayers together in the morning prayer. Giving God, we do come together as this body in Christ to, to worship you and to pray. There are so many needs upon our heart today, God. And you know those for brothers and sisters who are hurting and struggling and mourning and, and grieving and, and who need your grace today. We lift them up. We lift up those needs and the needs of this church, God. You know more of what we need than we do. So we trust in you and your guidance and the power of your spirit. And we lift up the needs in our community, such as Stripland Elementary, and our state, our nation, and our world, particularly remembering the ongoing devastation in Maui and the recovery efforts there. God, we just look to you as our rock and our redeemer, praying that you would Guide us in our faithfulness, forgive us our sins, draw us closer to you and closer to one another, and help us to live as witnesses for you as we live out our faith and as we pray together the prayer which Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
And as you're being seated, I invite the children to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church.
Okay, church, I'm a little disappointed in you. I did not see one person making hand motions in We Are the Church. Do y'all not know that? We are the church, I am the church, we are the church together. No one knows the hand motions. Okay, we're going to have to practice that. Does anyone know what happens this week? What starts this week? College football. And, and so SEC football starts this week. Now, I know you technically may not think so because it's just Vanderbilt and Hawaii. But uh, football season does start. And, and talk about football season reminds me that football requires a lot of teamwork and unity of the team. For a football to get all the way down the field, everyone has to be working together. For a defense to stop a football from getting down the field, everyone has to be working together. In order for a quarterback to be successful, the lineman must defend him. He must know the plays, his team must know the plays, and the wide receiver and the running back have to be in the right position. There has to be unity and focus on the team. That is a lesson for much in life, from choir to uh, anything in the church. Unity is important. And today we're going to look at the virtues of unity. It is good for worshipers to dwell together in unity. And that's the expression of Psalm 133. And that's a powerful psalm of God's word, especially in these divided times. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to take it and turn to Psalm 133. Psalm 133. Hear now the good news. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your word this beautiful prayer that's been prayed thousands of years. And as we look to its truth for our times, dear God, I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The psalm which I just read is a psalm of ascent. There are 15 psalms between Psalm 120 and 134, which are the ascent psalms. And they're called so because pilgrims would journey to Jerusalem on high holy days as required by the law, and they would pray these psalms as they were going up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a high point, or is a high point, in the area. So therefore, when you go to worship, you go up to Jerusalem. And you may have heard that expression before, let us go up to Jerusalem. So scholars believe that as pilgrims were making their way to Jerusalem, they would pray these 15 psalms. 
they would be part of, of their prayer life. Their focus is they were readying themselves for these high holy days. They were unified prayers of the people. When I had the opportunity to go to the Holy Land, our guide told us another story about these Psalms. So in the area that has been excavated for the second temple, between the mikvahs or the cleansing area to what would have been the temple, there are 15 steps. Now he said that on each of these 15 steps that the pilgrims would pray as they ascended each step, one step as another. And we got to stand on those steps in the excavation area. Now the second temple was the temple that existed during Jesus' time. So we got to stand on the temple steps where Jesus stood. And I imagined him and the disciples praying these psalms as they went to worship. That was a holy and powerful moment. Imagining them praying these words as they went up to worship the Lord. They would have been unified in voice and focus, in preparation and readying themselves. And that is a blessed thing. That's what the psalmist said. It says in verse 1, how very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. So the pilgrims would have been coming from all over the region, from Galilee, from nearby towns, and they were all coming together, praying these psalms in unison. The scripture says kindred. Other translations say brethren. This does not mean immediate kin, but it means the descendants of Abraham. Blessed are all those of Abraham, the Jewish people, as they come together in worship. And then the psalm goes on to tell a little bit about these blessings. Verse 2 proclaims, It is like precious oil on the head running down the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. So this would have obviously been anointing oil, the anointing oil for the priest. Now I have to believe that this anointing oil would have been extremely precious something used to consecrate the priest. So it would be used scarcely. It would be something regarded as quite valuable. But here the psalmist says that the blessing of unity is so abundant that it not only blesses, but it runs down on the beard and down the road. There's not scarcity in this valuable thing, but there is abundance. Blessed, when God's people dwell in unity, there is abundance. And then the next verse proclaims this. It says, It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessings life evermore. So Mount Hermon sits just beyond uh, the Sea of Galilee. You can see it from the Sea of Galilee. And often... There's snow on top of that mountain. That's where rain comes. And rain flows from the mountain to form the Jordan River. And the Jordan River flows into the Sea of Galilee and then flows out toward the wilderness, the dry, arid region uh, toward the Dead Sea. 
And in that region, they do not receive much rain. So this river is valuable, quite valuable. It gives life to a desert and dry region. Therefore, the psalmist is saying, when God's people dwell together in unity, there is life, life forevermore. Just like the rains of the Hermon make the Jordan River and bring life to a dry region, so unity brings life. That is a beautiful and powerful blessing. But how do we get there? In times like these, how do we receive these blessings? I believe the blessings come just as they did those who prayed the Psalms through focus. When they prayed these Psalms, they were praying together. So their focus was on prayer. Their focus was on God because they were going to worship God in the temple. And their focus was upon worship. By focusing on these things, these elements, they were unified in God's grace. Focus is key. And focus is key to, to many things in, in life. We see what we're focusing upon. Now, an example would be, how many of you have ever been shopping for a new car and you've never noticed that car anywhere before, but suddenly, now that you're thinking about that car, you see it everywhere. For example, if you've ever wanted to buy a Jeep, you've never noticed that many Jeeps, but then you see Jeeps everywhere you go. You see what you're looking for. And if I were to say the word choir, every one of you, your eyes went to the choir. I hope everybody's awake and paying attention because all eyes are on you, choir. You see what you're looking for. We're all looking together. When you focus together at the same thing, we're looking together. But if we're distracted by many things, we get off target. Let's say you're riding down the road, driving down the road, and you're looking ahead what you're focusing on, but something off to the side grabs your attention. Let's say an accident on the side of the road. What happens? You look and you veer off course. You pull your steering wheel in the way that, um, that you're looking. It is easy to get distracted from your focus. It is easy to get off course. So unity comes from staying focused looking at the same thing and not getting distracted. That is an important part of living together in unity. As the pilgrims were journeying toward Jerusalem or ascending up the steps of the temple, they focused on the same things. These were important things, and I believe they're important for us to focus on as well. We start with prayer. In this service, we pray together the Lord's Prayer. You don't know how beautiful it is to hear your voices uniting in that prayer. It is sacred and holy. But it's also holy to know we're united in prayer in other ways. We are united in the prayer list that we pray for. I hope you're praying for the needs of people in this congregation. And I would also like to think we're united in praying for the church. What would it be if we united our prayers 
for God's will for this congregation. Just all God's people praying together that God would continue to bless this church and guide us to follow him, follow his will. That would be beautiful. That is beautiful. Focus together on seeking the will of God and focus on prayer. What a beautiful thing. And just like the pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem, we should also be focused on worship. We are truly blessed here at First United Methodist Church to have four opportunities for worship. Thursday night at 5.30, 9 o'clock at celebrations, and here at the traditional service and online. Anytime the church comes together, it's like a mini family reunion. It is good to be together with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's important, too. We cannot be Christians in isolation. We need this body. We need our time together. We need that touchstone for the week. It is very important. I think of it like a fire pit. Now, those of you who have a fire pit know that when you put all your wood together, it burns brightly. The wood together makes a big fire. But if you take one log away from the fire pit, it will soon go out. In isolation, it does not burn as brightly as it does with the other wood. And so it is with us. When we come together, we burn with the power of the Holy Spirit together. And if, as we go apart and neglect gathering together, we risk burning out. We are stronger together. I remember the scripture from James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And from Hebrews, and let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, especially now that the day of return is drawing near. That is an important part of our worship. Also, our focus should be just on God, focusing together on the Lord. In your hymnal, there is a prayer chorus called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And it says some important truths. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. This chorus reminds me that if we stay focused on Christ, the distractions will be less likely to cause us to veer off course, will be less likely to cause us to, to go in, in different directions. So how do we get there? I've said what our focus should be, but how do we get there? And why did I select this sermon for today? Why is it important that we get there? Well, the psalm for today happened to be the prescribed, one of the prescribed scripture readings or one of the lectionary readings for today. And when I uh, read it, it immediately resonated with me. Not because of what I had learned when I was in the Holy Land or not because of a personal agenda, none of those things. But because I knew the message was important or is important for times like these. We live in a time where it's easy for folks to be divided instead of unified. And we need a reminder that as we come together in God, God blesses us. Now, things are not going to get easier. 
The, the discord and disharmony that plagues our society is still real and it's likely to come up again and again. Now, if you follow the United Methodist world, you know that we have a general conference in May of 2024. And you also know that we will receive a new bishop next summer. There's likely to be some discord around, around those topics. Also, 2024 is an election year. Yeah, a lot of divisiveness around that. And I am sure that next year there will be some hot button issue that will cause you to dislike your neighbor and want you to and make you want to leave Facebook. That's a truth for our times. But folks, this is nothing new. Read Samuel, first and second Samuel, first and second King, and first and second Chronicles, and you will know in David's time there was division and a, a dissension, just like it that was of the time where this psalm was written. And in Jesus' time, there was division and dissension. You know, in the scripture, we read about the Sadducees and Pharisees not getting along. We know that there were people who despised Rome and people who worked with Rome. In fact, this was an issue on Jesus' heart. Jesus prayed about this topic, and he prayed for you in this topic. You may not realize this, but Jesus prayed for you a prayer of, of unity. And this is what he prayed in John 17, 20 through 21. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This prayer is for the coming together of Christ's body so that the blessing of today's psalm might be realized. So we're going to do something a little different, and we're going to pray together this psalm. The words will be on, your screen, on the screen, or if you'd like, they will, are on page 850 of your hymnal. And so I will pray the words in light print, if you will respond with the words in bold. Let us pray together. Behold how good and pleasant it is when we live together in unity. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your word. Help us to keep our focus on you, on worshiping you, on communicating prayer with you, just on you. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.
if you have a prayer need in your life or God is calling you to the sacrament of a baptism or if you would like to unite with First United Methodist Church, know that I'm available after the service to speak with you. And now, receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.